For The Girl fam, the For The Girl tour is just around the corner. I mean, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is like days, weeks away, and we want to meet you and see you on tour. Ken's and I have been planning these events, and let me tell you, it is going to be an incredible night of fun. We have some hilarious moments planned, some videos some dances, some pink wigs, (laughs) some matchmaking, guys. I mean, you're getting ready to actually meet one of the guys we're going to be setting one of you up with on tour and just so much fun. But more than that, it is going to be an impactful night of encountering Jesus, of actually getting to hear God speak, to feel his presence in a room full of women worshiping. We're going to do a little live podcast, so hopefully you walk away encouraged, Hopefully you walk away just feeling a little bit seen in whatever it is that you're personally walking through or experiencing. If you're already a For The Girl podcast listener, then like it's just a night for you. This night was created for you and we want to see you there so badly. Yes, 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 yes. Just the other day, Mac and I planned out the whole agenda, some things she already mentioned, matchmaking, dance, hilarious videos, live podcast recording, and I've never been more excited. If you were sitting across the table from me right now, no doubt I would convince you to be there if I showed you like a glimpse of what's going to go down. So you guys, pretend I'm sitting across the table from you. I want to see you. I want to meet you. I want to take a picture with you. I want to introduce you to another really awesome person that lives near you who could be your new best friend. I want to worship with you. I want to pray over you. I want you to experience breakthrough in every single area of your life. And I believe it's going to happen that night. I mean, we hope to see you there. We're going to six different places all across the country. It's worth the trip, the flight, the road trip, the hotel. It's worth skipping class. I mean, all the things, it is worth it. Make it happen. You can find the link in our show notes or forthegirltour.com. See the dates, the times, all the things. And we hope we will be seeing you there in just a couple weeks. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. We are so excited to start off this episode with an awesome interview. It's a boy, you guys. His name's Carson. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but we interviewed another man, another mystery man who's going to be at our Nashville stop. But Carson, you lucky ladies in Charlotte are going to get to meet Carson, and I'm so excited about it. I'm looking at him right now. He's a handsome young fella, and I can't wait for the girls to get to know you more. So Carson, Carson, could you just start welcome this to the podcast? Off? Yes, welcome. The girls are ready for you. So could you just start off by sharing a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do with your life? All the <clears> things. <throat> All right. So I'm originally from Mooresville, which is right north of Charlotte. And then I decided to go to App State. I'm a senior. Um, and I guess up here, I like to play basketball. Uh, I lead a Bible study of freshman guys. So that takes up, I mean, it's been like a blessing this past year, but it, that takes up like a majority of my time. Yeah, that's kind of like, I'd say, 
majority of uh, of what I do up here. That's amazing. Okay, so you go to App State, so you're traveling for yeah. the event. You're coming to Charlotte well, yeah, my family, to hang out with uh, us for the night? My family is in Charlotte, so I'll be visiting. Wow. Coming to hang out. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. Is the family no, coming? Fam- Will the family be in the audience? My family Are they going to watch about. you find love? Until you meet your wife. Until you meet your wife. Then they'll know. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Carson is a friend of our guy from last year who was matched in Charlotte. And so you kind of know what this is all about. And we want to know from you, Carson, first of all. So you sounds like you're a college student. And I'm a senior. Did you say what year in school you are? A senior. Senior. Okay, okay. So, Carson, we want to know. What are a few words that your friends would use to describe your personality? Like, what would they say about you? Like, what a couple of different describing Describing words words for your personality. I would say most people would say I am outgoing. Uh, Dang, man. That's a a tough (laughs) Athletic? Maybe. Athletic? Um, Maybe. Until they see (laughs) me. Is that a personality trait, Ken? Related to sports, and then they're like, maybe not. Then they take it out, Mm. they take it back. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'd say <laughs> chew, like, chew. Take it back. I get that one a lot. Um, so yeah, can I just solidify two and then we'll throw in athletic as a yes. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Hey, you guys, I wanted to interrupt the interview real quick to tell you about our partner, Upward. You've probably already heard, but let me tell you a little bit more. Upward is an online dating app for believers. That's right. You're going to find some awesome Christian men on this app. I don't know why you would use any other app but Upward. Upward, this is a safe place of awesome men who love Jesus. We are so excited to partner with them. I mean, we're just trying to make this a little easy for you guys. So download the app. We have a little link, a for the girl specific link in the show notes. So go there, make your profile. I don't know why you just wouldn't do this. I mean, don't you want to see the type of men out there on this app? I would. Okay, so make your profile, but also send us your profile because we'll give you some feedback. We'll give you some advice, some cute pics, some good intro lines, all the things, you guys. Screenshot it, DM us. We can't wait to see all your profiles. Let's get back to the interview. Carson, what oh, is your Enneagram uh, number? I, I think it's Do you know the Enneagram? Seven, I'm assuming eight. you do. Seven, that's what it was like. Last okay. Year. We love that. We love a seven. Okay, okay. So nice. So you're going to be standing in front of 300 or so girls. What, like, what are you looking for? Like what, what's the type? What kind of personality are you looking for in her? Um, Do you have a thing? <laughs> a type? No, you know? I don't think I have a type. Honestly, I just, I love talking about God and one of my favorite things to do with people, guys or girls. Um, but it's just to like sit with somebody who like can just wonder, like who's someone who can just sit in like the wonder of like who God is, like what he's done in our lives. So yeah, I don't think I have like a physical type, but like just those kind of conversations are something that 
I just love to have. Yeah. Wow. Carson, <laughs> good answer. Oh my goodness. I feel like all the ladies who are listening right now are just <laughs> losing it. They're losing their cool. I mean, that was such a good answer. Wow. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I can't wait for Charlotte now. I cannot wait I to can't watch wait Carson either. find love. Kenz, we got to find him a good one. Oh yeah. My I'm looking for somebody who's like deep. I mean, I'm looking for the girl who's standing front row, just going wild and worship. Uh, I got you. We yeah. got you. We got you. But we got Carson, you, Carson. What, um, what's your dating history look Dude, like out of curiosity? Like dating history in college has been, I think I, okay. I've dated one girl in college. And it was for a couple months and then she went off and did like mission work with YOM and so yeah not much if the final answer not much gotcha all right minimal not much we love that (laughs) okay that's awesome so you you've just been waiting on an awesome girl to come around and I just believing that that's going to happen for you at For the Girl Tour in Charlotte. And Carson, if you could say one word to describe how you're feeling about February 10th, which is the night when you will be set up. Give us one word for how you're feeling. <laughs> the words. Excited. I'm excited. I'm excited, yes. Excited. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. Carson's such a good podcaster. You had, wow. Yeah. Just really good at this. He's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> All got- right, ladies. Well, we are so excited for the For the Girl Charlotte tour stop to meet Carson in person and to hopefully watch Thanks him love. find love. I cannot wait. Yeah. Carson, we will see. See you there, and I think it's time to get into today's episode. We are pumped to get into today's episode. The bulk of today's episode is for the girl who feels the pressure to impress. And I was excited about doing this episode, mostly because I was sitting there earlier in the week and was like, what in the heck are we going to talk about this week? I don't know why I'm feeling <laughs> maybe uninspired or maybe even just like the pressure to impress, the pressure to come up with a new podcast episode for you guys every week that you're going to love. And I was telling Tyler, I was complaining about it. I was like, what should I talk about on the podcast? And he was like, I don't know. He's like, maybe you should just ask God what you should talk about. And I was like, <laughs> That's annoying. You know, I was like, that's annoying. But yeah. I did sit there. I was like, all right, Jesus, what what can we talk about? What do women need to hear? What do I need to hear? And this was just kind of something that popped up in my brain from a conversation, Ken's, that you actually led at a Delight staff retreat mm-hmm. years ago, three or four or five years ago. I don't know exactly when it was, but I can picture the moment we were at this like, house out in the country and (laughs) our delight team was gathered around a fire pit and Ken's was bringing a little message or a little word of encouragement for our team and she talked about the difference in impressing and imparting and it was just such a powerful conversation do you remember much of this Ken's (laughs) oh so funny because as you were like hey I think this is what we should talk about I went to find my notes like oh yeah that was so good I remember that being just words and wisdom from the Lord. And I was like, oh, I got to find those notes again. And 
cannot find them anywhere on my little notes on my computer or the Google Docs. And I'm pretty sure, 100% sure, I made the decision to prepare on literal piece of paper, which is so annoying <laughs> because I, I remember there being a really good scripture story involved and all the things. But yeah, actually the subject... I actually remember that moment too, preparing for Stafford Tree. And as the leaders of Delight, Mm -hmm. we typically have a moment at Stafford Tree where we're supposed to like hype up the team or ground the team or pour into them Mm -hmm. in some sort of way, which is the most high pressure situation ever, especially being somebody who maybe in that season probably didn't have as much like confidence in teaching or anything. And I remember scrambling to try to figure out what the heck to talk about and what to do. And I actually have no clue how I even knew the word in part. I don't even think that was in my vocabulary. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) I weirdly remember you saying that it was like you'd heard Beth Moore say one sentence of like something about imparting and you were like, you clung on to it or something. Which I guess we haven't even said that to the podcast. We're talking really about, because we've only said it. Oh yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) Sorry guys. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're talking to the girl who's experienced or who feels that pressure, but we are going to approach it in the conversation of what it looks like to in part versus impress. So we'll get into that a little bit. But anyways, yeah, I just really do think that this will speak to anybody who maybe like us has been kind of thrown into a leadership position, even if it's something like leading a Bible study or small group or maybe discipling somebody, or maybe this is even like a class project. I don't even know. Or maybe it's spending time with your friends, how we often feel this pressure. And so this will relieve Mm -hmm. a lot for you. And it has for us as we've grown in our leadership as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Me too. And I remember from that night, just how every single person who was sitting around that fire that night, just so related to that constant pressure to impress and having an alternative in our brain or in our hearts of when we feel that pressure to impress, what do we do with it? And what can we lean into instead? And so I just know that all of us listening in some way, shape or form struggle with that pressure to impress, whether it's from you know, our parents, our friends, or guys, or teachers, or leaders, or coaches, or on social media, at your job, whatever it is, there's somewhere maybe in your life where you have just been finding yourself striving to be impressive to the world around you or to the people around you. And so, yeah, we want to kind of dig into this conversation of the difference between impressing and imparting. And so, Ken's and I have never been great vocab girls, so we've got some definitions (laughs) for you guys because we love a good dictionary definition to help us really wrap our minds around it. So impressing is the ability to affect especially forcibly or deeply or to gain the admiration or interest of. So we all pretty much have a good idea of what impressing is, but imparting or impartation, what does that mean? Well... The dictionary definition is the ability to give unto others that which God has given to us. It is the transference of spiritual gifts from one man or woman of God to another, especially through the laying on of hands. Should I read that one more time? Yeah. I can really sink into it. Okay. Impartation is the ability to give unto others that which God has given to us. 
It is the transference of spiritual gifts from one man or woman of God to another, especially through the laying on of hands. So I love that. The ability to give unto others that which God has given to us. You see, right off the bat, we can just see that impressing leaves kind of this temporary impact where we're at the center of it while imparting leaves this eternal impact that lasts and lasts and puts Jesus at the center of it. Impressing is all about the gift, showing off the gifts that you have, where imparting is all about the giver. It shows off the giver of those good gifts. And so I wanted to just kind of jump into scripture from the start to kind of look at an example of the difference in impressing and imparting. And then later on in the episode, we will give you a couple specific ways that you can begin to be a woman who imparts over impresses. So we're going to dig into the word. Are we ready? Yes, we are ready. <laughs> I low-key love having my little Bible moments with Ken's. I feel like sometimes this is just how it is. Sometimes it's like, all right, Ken's going to teach you a little scripture story. I know. I love it. I'm always like, that's good. That's good. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to be in Acts today and looking at two men. We're going to be looking at Philip and Simon and kind of digging into this story from Acts 8. So Acts 8, starting in verse 4. So we have Philip, who was a deacon from the early church, a leader in the early church, and he goes to Samaria to preach the good news. This is that moment where persecution is beginning to happen and the early church is beginning to spread and beginning to grow and they're beginning to get outside of just the Jewish people and beginning to tell the world around them about Jesus. And so one of the first places they go is Samaria. And if you remember from your Sunday school days, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't really get along. So culturally, this is kind of crazy because we have Philip, who is a Jew, intentionally going to Samaria to tell them about the gospel, to tell them the good news of Jesus. And so verse six says, so Acts eight, verse six says that when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. So Philip is doing something, he's doing miracles, he's saying things that is drawing the attention of the people. And the next verse goes on to say, for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many and many who are paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So we have all this miracles, all this really amazing, cool things. Philip is telling people about Jesus. The people are drawn to him like crazy. And I love that Mm -hmm. that verse six says there was great joy in the city. Something about what Philip was doing, what Philip was bringing Jesus, we knew, left the people with great joy in that city. And I think that is just so cool and so powerful. I would hope that everywhere I go leaves just joy everywhere I go because I'm imparting people with Jesus. And then we have our other guy. So in verse (laughs) nine, we hear about another guy named Simon. And Simon is known as Simon the Sorcerer. He is like this famous in this Samaritan small town magician guy. And Simon, like Philip, was able to do some things that seriously amazed the people. He was able to kind of perform miracles and do crazy things. And the writer Luke doesn't tell us exactly what he could do, but whatever power he had, 
we know that it definitely wasn't in the name of Jesus. And the miracles that we see Simon do and the miracles that we see Philip do lead to very different results. And so I'm going to read you Acts 8, 9 through 12. It says, Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. So here we have some major impressing going on. He boasted that he Uh was someone great. So he's doing all these cool things and he's saying, hey, look at me, look at me. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But then we have verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. So here we have Simon doing incredibly cool, amazing things. And then we have Stephen. Stephen. Where did I get Stephen? We have (laughs) Philip also doing crazy, cool, amazing things. Um, And Simon's acts are leading all the people to worship him and to love him and to think he's the coolest guy ever. But Philip is leading the people to be baptized, to say yes, and to enter into a relationship with Jesus. I'm not even sure if those people were noticing Philip. They were seeing Jesus. And also, it was leaving them with great joy. And so there we kind of have this difference in impressing and imparting. And I love in the next verse, verse 13, actually Simon himself gets baptized and starts to follow Philip everywhere around that he goes because he's like, (laughs) I want to be able to do what you do. And I think that that's just a real fun part of the story that that's so cool that even Simon himself was impressed by Philip. Yes, maybe, but Philip imparted to Simon Jesus and he responded. And I think that is just so cool. And I think it's just a really cool thing because I kind of want to pause here and just for a moment sit in this because at first, I think if I were to read this story and just say, you know, who am I more like? Am I more like a Philip or do I more relate to Simon? I think I would love to say, you know, I'm definitely a Philip. <laughs> but I think if I got really honest with myself and I I let the Holy Spirit kind of perform a thorough, thorough investigation of my heart, I realized that maybe I'm a little bit more like Simon than I would ever care to admit. And I think about, you know, how many times throughout my life have I you know, posted things maybe on Instagram or whatever, hoping that someone would see it and would see me as beautiful or see me as important or impressive or wise. You know, how many times, Ken's through our work, have I stood up in front of a group of people literally teaching the name of Jesus while hoping that people saw me too, while hoping that people saw and remembered me and saw me as a wise teacher. You know, even while doing this podcast, I got to be honest and say that little micro thoughts have slipped into my mind wondering how what I'm saying affects how people see me. And I think it's just so true that our human hearts tend to seek to impress before we ever seek to impart. And Mm -hmm. it's just a part of kind of the natural DNA of how we're made. But I think in those moments where we find ourselves trying to impress, we actually have this incredible opportunity to stop and to go, okay, how do I not make this situation about me and people noticing me and seeing me and remembering me? But how do I actually, in this moment, give people Jesus? How do I 
actually allow this moment where people could see me and remember me and instead allow them to remember this moment that they had with Jesus, this encounter that they had with Jesus. And I think when we do that, impressing is always fleeting. It lasts for about five seconds and then you have to impress again and again and again. But impartation is eternal. When people receive a moment with Jesus, it changes them forever and ever and ever. And I don't know about you, Ken's, but I want my life and my ministry and my friendships to not be about people remembering me. I want people to remember Mm -hmm. Jesus through it. And so I think it's a really important conversation for us to learn how to be women who impart rather than impress. Yes. So good. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the one quote. Don't know where it came from, but it was like, I don't even care if people know my name as long as they know my God. And I remember at one point in my walk with Jesus or in leadership, I was like, yes, amen, amen. But it's so fleeting. And this conversation is so convicting because I think we can all pause and be like, yikes. Mm. Yeah, I do this all the time. But it's also so relieving because it's like, oh my gosh, wait, the way I'm called to live my life here on earth is simply to impart. It's not about me. And I can walk in rooms and lean on the Lord and That will lead me to just simple prayers or being quick to like transfer Mm -hmm. what God teaches me to another person or, um, or just a drive to help people experience breakthrough. And gosh, that's like exciting. It's relieving. It feels like it takes a spotlight off of me and onto others. But I'm like, how do I even do this? Where do you even begin? How does this stay planted and rooted in my spirit? Because I mean, from the time we talked about this on staff retreat to today, there's been many moments where I've forgotten. And so I'm excited about that conversation. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. This is for all of my college ladies out who are trying to figure out what in the heck you are going to do this summer. I remember the days when you're like, should I do an internship? Should I get a job? Should I go home? Should I be a waitress? What should I do? Well, I have an incredible opportunity for you that number one, you're going to get paid for. And number two, it is so impactful in an incredible way to serve Jesus and to meet some amazing people this summer. And that is becoming a camp counselor or so many other opportunities at WinShape Camps. WinShape is on the lookout for the ultimate top-notch college girls like you to serve as a counselor, a program staff, worship leader, media, or even in admin roles at one of their three overnight camp locations in the North Georgia mountains or traveling the country even, bringing camp to one of their 90 church partners. One of my favorite things about WinShape, in my opinion, is that they are the highest paying summer camp in the country and for the entire summer, they cover your food, your lodging, and your travel to and from camp. I mean, it is a no-brainer opportunity for you because if you're wanting to serve Jesus this summer in a really fun, exciting, impactful way, then... 
think this is it. I think Windshape Camps is just like, come on, sign up. Go be a camp girl this summer. Ken's and I are jealous. We wish we could be camp girls with you if only we were old women. But you can learn more information by signing up using our super easy and simple interest form. The link is in the show notes and we will send you more information on this incredible experience. If you have nothing to lose, scroll to those show notes, click the link, and sign up for more information about working at Windshape. So we want to talk about three ways that we can be women who impart rather than impress. Just a three kind of tangible, super important things that I think we can remember and just imprint on our heart. And so the first one is to, number one, gain confidence in who you are. I think a lot of times when in our Christian culture, when we talk about... I don't know, when we talk about humility or we talk about even this conversation of impressing versus imparting, sometimes we, I think we're quick to kind of like dial down the significance of who we are. We're almost quick to be like, I don't matter. I'm nothing. (laughs) I'm like scum of the earth. I'm dirt. I'm dirt on someone's shoe. I don't matter at all. I have to make everything about Jesus. And I think, well, yes, there's a part to that that is true. I think also like, God created us and we are a part of his plan and therefore we have significance. And I think rather than trying to convince us ourselves that we don't matter at all, it's so important to go to God, to go to the Father and to ask God who we are. Because God does not think you are the scum of the earth. God does not think that you don't matter. Like God knit you together in your mother's womb. Therefore, you matter so much. And I think in order to be women who impart, women who use the gifts, because if you remember that definition of impartation was, let me find it. It says the ability to give unto others that which God has given to us. It is the transference of spiritual gifts from one man or woman of God to another. Therefore, in order to impart, We have to know those gifts and we have to know what God has given to us. And I think right now in this season of life, I am, I think more than ever trying to sit with Jesus and really ask him, who God did you make me to be? Not maybe what he made me to do, but God, who did you make me to be? I think for the longest time I've thought I've known who I was. And yes, I know I know who I am. I know what scripture says about who I am, but I think I'm still trying to uncover the specific things that God created me for and who God created me to be. And I think I'll spend the rest of my life trying to uncover what that really means. I love this scripture, Isaiah 49, one, it says, before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. He had spoken my name. And I love that because before I even took my first breath on this earth, God had a specific name for me. There was a name. I was marked and you were marked with a name or an identity or a destiny, a divine destiny. And in order for us to respond to our name, like we have to know our name and our name isn't generic. Like, you know, I know if someone says Mac versus Ken's, then they're talking to me. I have my (laughs) own name that 
even though we technically have the same name, which is hilarious, but I have my own (laughs) version of our name that I know to respond to when I'm in a room. And I think in the same way, when God calls you by name, he's calling you for something specific. He said, I made you to be something specific. And so I think we can take such comfort in that, that I was marked and you were marked with such a divine identity, a divine destiny, a divine purpose. So whatever situation we find ourselves right in right now, those situations where maybe we feel that pressure to impress, we can take comfort in knowing that we were marked for this moment mm-hmm. and that we are in it because we were marked to be a part of that and to be used in that. And for God to literally say, okay, I'm going to allow people to experience me through you being in that moment. And would you take confidence in that? Would you take confidence in who God specifically says you are? Before we get to like humility, this is gaining confidence in who God says you are Mm -hmm. and spending time with God. I would encourage you, even if you think you already know who God says you are, would you do it even more? Would you allow God to speak even more specifically about who you are? And this is just something I'm trying to do right now in my own life and something Tyler and I are trying to do, trying to figure out like who we are, which sounds hilarious. I just turned 30 and I'm like, who am I? I really believe I know certain facets, but I believe that God has even more to tell me about who I am and who you are, Ken's. And yeah, it just gets me excited. Yes. Especially hearing it from the Lord, from your father, because a lot of times, I mean, I'm sure I know for, for you, Mac, you've, you've heard people say things over you like, oh, you're a really yeah. good teacher. You're a really good friend. You're a great listener. You've heard these things from friends or family around you. And those things are true most of the time. But when you hear it from the Lord, you're then going to be leading and working out your gifts knowing that it was something that God spoke over you. And that's when it really, you have this confidence that leads to what we're talking about, which is imparting versus just somebody building you up and getting you excited or just like, I don't know, sometimes that can lead to pride really quickly if we aren't careful. But if we hear it from God himself, we're like, oh, like this is from you. I am sent from you and I'm going to go out in the world and into my friends and my community And I'm going to live from this place to impart. And when I think of some friends in my life or people, even in scripture, who impart really well, who walk into spaces Mm. and are quick to pray, or, you know, they lean into their gifts, or they just are always making an impact in all these rooms and places they go, they have so much confidence in their gift. They're like automatically, so easily exercising their God-given gifts. No doubt, no question, full sending how God created them. And, you know, this doesn't have to be the over-spiritual things like prophesying and healing and crazy stuff like that. Yeah, It can be, but it can be simply just encouragement that is rooted in this spirit or it could be like generosity or wisdom or all these things that God really can move in and through us. And so, yeah, I think this is a good first step of growing in confidence of who you are and doing that at the feet of Jesus, even maybe partially taken away, even just what like other like humans have told you for just a quick second and just running it by Jesus, because I think he'll have a lot to say and it'll, it'll gain, give you even more confidence in that area of your life. And then I do think second to this is we have to gain confidence also in who we aren't, like who you yeah. who you aren't, because 
that's when you get caught up in the impressing stuff is yeah. I talked about the staff retreat, you know, I had to, to lead this little session. So of course I was going to do it and whatever, but teaching isn't maybe my thing. Like I, I kind of know, you know, that that's for somebody else, somebody else I can teach and I can get words from the Lord and make it, make it happen. And sometimes, you know, he opens the door and calls me to do that. But, you know, if I put somebody in that place, who's like, full of the spirit in that area. And is that's their God-given gift. The way that they're going to impart is going to be so incredible. They're going to have such a huge impact. Like the scripture we read, there's going to be baptism. There's going to be all these amazing things. And then if I come in and I'm just like, okay, guys, all right, well, I whipped up this thing. I worked really hard. You know, I'm scrambling in my room to just come up <laughs> with something decent. That's not good. Not good. And so we have to know the moments that we just aren't supposed to do it or the things that we're maybe not gifted in so that we're not just striving all the time to make it work or for people to see us yeah. or whatever it might be. I mean, we've learned a lot about this in our relationship with each other between Mac yeah. and I too, of when it's her time and when it's my time and in a spiritual way so that we can impart and it's not just impressing. So this yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you are confident in who you are, who God says you are, then you kind of automatically gain that confidence and who you aren't and what is so cool about that. And I think the fruit of being confident in who you are is how good of an encourager that you are. Yeah. Or are you the person that is like, oh, I know the girl for that job. Are you the person who's like, hey, yeah. you can do this. I, I believe in you. I see this in you. I see this gift in you. And I think about those people, Ken, because I feel like we both know so many of those people who are, are so good at imparting. They also know when it needs to be somebody else. They also know how to call out the giftings in other people and to encourage the giftings yeah. of other people and to celebrate the giftings of other people. Because... If impartation is the goal, if having people experience and encounter and remember Jesus is the goal, then we don't care how we're a part of that. If it's just me signing somebody else up for it <laughs> and it gets the same result, then that is just as an important part to play in this. Mm -hmm. But if I'm trying to impress, if I'm trying to impress, then I have to cling to my spot in that story or to cling to my part in the play of whatever it is we're trying to achieve. And I just think that there's something really yeah. beautiful that happens when you know who you are, you gain confidence in who you are, and you begin to call out the gifts in other people and to place them in moments and opportunities to, to grow and to be seen and to be used. And this is something that I've had to grow so much in my 10 years of ministry. I think in my earlier days of ministry, I had this scarcity mindset and there was only so many opportunities and I needed to protect them and keep them to myself. And the yeah. longer that I've been in ministry, the more excited I get about giving opportunities away. And like literally if someone will call me and ask me to do something and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm the girl for that. I actually know who is though. And let me call up that person and say, hey, you actually should really ask this person to do this because this yeah. person was made for that moment and has such a gifting to speak to this specific group of people. And that has only come from me kind of figuring out, okay, God, what are the specific rooms and places where I'm supposed to 
supposed to be your mouthpiece in and what are the places that I'm not? And I think gaining confidence in who you are is also sitting with God and letting God speak to these are your places. This is the places I've made you for and created you for. And when you have confidence in that, then you automatically know the places that you don't need to be. And it's not, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't do that. I could never. And it's not thinking you're, again, you're the worst person ever, but it's simply saying again, no, I know who is right for that moment Mm -hmm. and who is right for that opportunity. And let me bring this opportunity to them. And I think it's just... It's just so fun to be a part of a team, a kingdom team of people who are helping to kind of figure out who is God's best in this moment for this opportunity for people to encounter and to receive and to remember Jesus. And so super important. Yes, I love that. So gaining confidence in who you are, gaining confidence in who you are. And then number three is looking for moments to actually give people Jesus or to give Jesus the glory. And I go back to this definition that we read in the beginning. And one of the parts of the definition that is almost really interesting, it talks about laying hands. It says the transference of spiritual gifts from one man or woman of God to another, especially through the laying on of hands. And if you think about those moments when you lay hands on someone, You typically only lay hands on people when you're going into prayer, when you're going to begin to pray, when you're going to begin to ask God to move. Mm -hmm. And the moment that you're asking God to move, impressing just can't even be in the room. It can't even be in the situation because it is God is going to be the one that gets the glory and that, and God is going to be the one who makes the moves in that. And so I just love the idea of stopping in a moment when maybe I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to impress and instead flip it and say, okay, God, how in this moment can, instead of leaving people with me, I can leave people with a memory of you. And so Mm -hmm. often that is going to happen through prayer, through laying on of hands, through giving someone the moment to respond to what Jesus might be saying or speaking to them or doing in their life. I think about Philip after the miracles that he performed, there was an opportunity for response. It was to be baptized. It was not just to praise him and to notice him and to worship him. It was no, Hey, in this moment, look at what God did. Now, would you respond to that? Would you respond through baptism? And not that I think in every moment you need to be living out your gift and then being like, who wants to get baptized? (laughs) That could get a little odd or strange. It might, it might be the, the right thing to do in that moment. But I think just looking for moments to bring people to the feet of Jesus and even second to that, or to just praise Jesus, to give Jesus the credit, to say, God, The reason why that was successful was because you gave me this gift and you moved in that gift. And I think there's something really beautiful that the way that tunes and postures our hearts when we stop and we praise Jesus and we recognize that. And I think other people around us recognize that too, when we're not taking the credit. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's a crazy journey. I feel like Sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, God, use me today how you want to use me. And we go about our days or every day, going through the grocery store, going to work, going to our small groups, hanging out with friends, whatever we do. You know, first is I think, and oftentimes in anybody, whether 
you land in the category of impressing or imparting, you receive this prompting from the spirit, right? That's like, oh, I feel like they like need encouragement or like I'm supposed to speak up in my small group or I'm supposed to like do X, Y, and Z. You feel this prompting. So you first have to respond to the prompting. So that's step one. But then it's crazy because there really is a step two. And it's just funny. Sometimes you just don't think about it before this conversation. Maybe you're like, oh, I responded to the prompting and I prayed really boldly. It was great. Everything Mm. went great. And it's like, the thing is, is it cannot go great sometimes if you respond to the prompting and you're like, let's get it. Watch me, guys. Everybody, I'm the best. This is about to be amazing. You have to respond through being like, okay, no. Okay, I feel you on my heart. My heart's beating a little bit fast. I've been in so many of those moments where I'm like, okay, I'm supposed <laughs> to like do something, say something, whatever. But responding through that impartation, knowing, okay, I want to do something that's going to exhort Jesus. That's all about Jesus and not me. And that's going to lead to so much breakthrough. It's like a, a secondary, it's another decision we have to make. And I really do think that God honors it. We see it through scripture. We probably can look around in our lives and see so many people who do this so, so well. So it gets me excited. It really does because... I know that as we lean into this more, you're going to see God move in your life so much more. Yeah. And it will lead to so much humility, so much more grace as you walk out your spiritual journey too. And this gets me excited. I'm glad we brought it to the surface again. A 2019 (laughs) conversation coming back out. And (laughs) it does take the hard work of digging in and really gaining confidence of who you are and who you are. And then sitting in those moments and being like, Lord, put my, I need to put myself behind me. I need to put myself behind me. And yeah, I'm excited to see God move through your life as you step into this and him move in your friend's life and, and all the things. So this is so good. Woo. Okay. Wow. So excited for so many women just to step into imparting and it really is cool. And we're holding each other accountable in it because there are so many moments, like so, so many moments where even I just feel that need to impress slip in and the lie that I'm not impressive enough. Therefore I'm not good enough. And I really believe it's, it's in that confidence of who God says you are that that we can push back against that need to impress and really begin to lean into moments of impartation. So such a fun conversation. We're in it with you guys. And (laughs) I really hope that you guys are all buying your tour tickets and we're going to be seeing you in just a few days. Yes. We're going to be on board the girl tour. Exercising this conversation. Yes. From stage. Get ready. Yes. Get ready. Yes, you will see it live in action from us. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Get those tour tickets, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.